Well, we had somewhat of an ice storm here uh, just recently. And uh, if you'll notice, uh, you could say it's a minor ice storm, but then again, that depends uh, if you had a tree branch uh, fall on your truck or your car or your house or something, then it ain't so minor. But branches laying all over. And it reminded me of, as human beings, we're like that too. Sometimes we get weight put on us, whether it be uh, finances, relationships, um, anxiety, worry, health. And we just kind of bust. We just kind of buckle. And we know that the Lord is there always to help us, sustain us, and fill us. But we see there's times when we just can't take it. Well, this morning, uh, well, when Matt asked if I would put together something, I, the first thing I, you know, since it was a short notice, I came up with the idea of using our adult Bible study uh, that we had, uh, which you've had for the last six, seven weeks, I guess. Uh, no, it's not going to be all of it because we'll be here till till the Packers are packed up and going home. I mean, <laughs> losing. So, but I, I did kind of condense it a little bit. And uh, Nick, if you want to put the first one up, and uh, it is five solid revelations for every believer. And I always, whenever we gave this, I always like to open it up with any one of these that we're going to bring up today, any one of these would be a, a landmark thing in your life. It would be life-changing. I like to say it would be, it would make you bulletproof. And this is what the Word of God has projected to us. He wants to He wants to be us to be just like Jesus, an unbreakable spirit, an indestructible spirit. Just think about that. There's no other religion that that does that. No other belief system that does that. But He gives us His Spirit, and we are heir of all things that He has. So right now we can download any of these. And make them a revelation to us, a revealed thing to us that it's true. We have all read these things, the the scriptures that I'm going to use this morning. We've read them all. But sometimes we, we read and we, it just, we, we skim. We just don't let it settle in. And so that's why they call, they're called revelations. They're, 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 there's something that's downloaded deep into our, our heart. Or I like to say the vault, it's deep in there, and it's there, and it's of truth, and we can live in it. And, and it carries us through, carries us through our broken times, carries us through our weak times. And so we need to pursue revelations like this. We're encouraged to do that. In Psalm 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord or instruction of the Lord. And in his law or in his instruction, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers uh, of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whether whatever he does, he shall prosper. 
We could we could sum that up and say, what are you paying? What are we paying attention to? What are we listening to? What are we thinking about? Well, Joshua's instructions were to meditate day and night, to have a full focus on the word, and the consequences were whatever he put his hand to, he would prosper. In Joshua 1, 8 and 9, the book of the law, that would have been the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Uh, Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In the first part of that, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Why would he say your mouth? Why would he say that? It didn't say, uh, make sure you read the book of the law. No, your mouth has a lot to do with it. The words that come out of your mouth start to establish what's already uh, you've read. Um, uh, we had an old thing years ago when Pastor uh, Ken Dean was here. Remember that word that he gave us, how to study scripture? Huh? Who said that? Ramez, yeah. And you know, the term meant uh, to further, to further the knowledge. And that would mean to go over it, like a cow chewing its cut, to go over it and over it and over it. Because the world is programmed not for you to have anything like this take a hold of your heart. The Bible says that the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. He is the prince and power of the air, meaning Satan. And so we have, this is something we have to fight for. We have to, we have to be intent on downloading a revelation. I'm going to bring up the word meditation. Meditation is biblical meditation. You know, meditation isn't just crossing your legs and throwing a towel over you and humming or something like that, you know. No, but biblical meditation is involves a pondering or churning of the mind of God's word and deep reflection on its truth. Now, that would take time, wouldn't it? In our busy life, it would take time. And now the one that's coupled with that is imagination. Imagination sometimes in Christian circles gets a bad rap. Because all we can think of, we read in the Bible where they had vain imaginations or the imaginations of their heart were uh, destructive and evil at all times. But we have a God-given thing called imagination. And imagination is a process or power of imaging or forming a mental image of something not manifested to our natural senses. I don't think we can meditate without imaging. And I don't think we can image without taking time to meditate on it. So imagination is a gift that God, God has given us. You know, when he had, when he had the uh, nation of Israel march around Jericho, now somebody somewhere had to have an image in their mind, and maybe all of them. Now, what does this look like? And see, that's the key to Imaging or imagination. What does that look like? We're going to be marching around this, this city wall. <clears throat> Was it seven days? I think. 
marching around and blowing a trumpet, and the walls come tumbling down. Sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> but you had to, somebody had to image that and say, okay, that's what that looks like. I know T.L. Osborne, uh, I'm sure some of you know who he was, but he was an evangelist that uh, really had a heart to evangelize. And he went out and he traveled all over the world. And he's seen several people had a healing ministry. There's people were getting healed of any kind of disease, just like back in the days of the apostles in the 72 that were sent out. And he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. If they can do it, I can do it. You know, Mark 16, this, the, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They speak with new tongues. They shall raise the dead, uh, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so he started imagining himself praying for people, and they were getting healed. Now, him imagining that didn't make it true. What made it true was the scripture that said, these signs shall follow them that believe. So all this did was enable his faith to grow, and he could actually implement this in his mind and see, I see how that works. That actually works. And he went on to have a fantastic, fantastic healing ministry. So imagination is a huge thing that we as believers need to to use. You know, we had a... uh, we had a cross up here, and I understand we're getting a, a, a metal cross, a new cross. Is that right? Okay. Took down the old rugged cross. But, you know, the cross it always gave a, a, a symbol or an item that we could meditate on and see what happened at that cross. And we, we, we would imagine in our minds, I was on that cross also. I was there. You were all there. If you're a believer, you were there. You took the punishment. What, what he took, accredited to you and me. So when we take and look at a cross, we're going to have one here again. We look at a cross and we can visualize that, which helps us to get a full revelation. Well, the first one, the first uh, solid revelation I want to show you is the Holy Spirit lives in me. Everybody say the Holy Spirit lives in me. Okay, see, there's a there's a step. You've 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 started to put some anchoring to that where you where, where we really believe it. Again, I, like I said earlier, if we take any one of these five. And, and it's a revelation. We're, we, we're living that indestructible life. Things are going to happen to us? Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't destroy us. So we can look at the first one and said, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 3.16, do, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? 1 Corinthians 3.16. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 6.17 says, Anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. That's so huge. When I read, the first time I read that, now just a minute here. This God in heaven who created everything, he's far away. Heaven's a far away place, isn't it? It's, it's got to be. 
but, but his spirit is one with mine. So I take, smoke that in your pipe. You know, it's amazing. Okay, let's go on. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are, you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Ever woke up in the morning, maybe you had a lousy day before that, and you say, you know, you know what today I'm going to do? I'm going to glorify God in my body. I'm going to glorify God in everything I say. I'm going to glorify you, Lord, in anybody I talk to or anybody I meet. I'm going to glorify you. I think I shared this a couple. I shared it again this morning, but I was I was at a place doing some business and wanted this person to help me out a little bit, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't good. It was bad. I mean, it's like you know, you ever go to a place? I'm going to call the manager. You know, I mean, it was one of them, like, this is bad. And it wasn't Ace Hardware either, by the way. <laughs> They're above that. But the Lord just prompted me. I, I just really cherish that. He said, They're watching you. You're representing me now. This is not just you, you're representing me. And so we have this day where you can glorify God in your body and what you, what you look at. What you think, what you say, how you say things. I don't know about you guys, but I can be corrected many times doing that. But we need to glorify God in our body. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Remember, the God uh, that has the, the, the God of the universe has sent his spirit into our spirit, into our heart, and crying out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, Abba is a Jewish word that the English word doesn't, English language doesn't have a word that really handles that very good as well as Abba. Abba means a, uh, the best that we can do sometimes is say daddy, you know, but, but Abba in, in the Hebrew, it means uh, a furthering of love, a close knit, a nurturing, uh, a encompassing father. And our hearts cry that out and say, you know, oh, he's in me, a comforting Lord. The second one is, I am a new creation. Everybody say, I am a new creation. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, 5, 16 and 17. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have, have, have become new. That means everything about us is new. Our bodies don't change right away. Our minds are supposed to be renewed. But our bodies do, there's a verse, uh, it's in Romans 8, 11. It'll, it also does something to your physical body. It gives life to your mortal body. And so look at yourself as in the process of becoming new. Becoming new. You're already born again in your spirit, and now you're renewing your mind, and now you're becoming sanctified. So, uh, I pray that the Lord will sanctify you, body, soul, and spirit. 
Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not not his. Uh, Very defining line there that if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you don't, you're not one of his. I don't think there's anybody here that would, uh, would, would, would not be without the Spirit. I'm assuming everybody's a believer. But how many times have you ever been assaulted with this thought, well, the way I acted back there, the way I did, or the way I feel now, I don't feel the Holy Spirit lives in me. You ever had that? Anybody ever had that? Seriously? Okay. Yeah, a few heads. That's a horrible feeling. But it's an untruth. That's the lies that the enemy puts on us. We are new creatures. I'm going to stand by that. The enemy attacks me yet. He tries to knock me down any way he can. But I'm going to stand on that. I'm a new creature. First John 4, 4 says, And you are of God, little children, and have overcome the enemy, because he who, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And we know that they're talking about the enemy here, Satan, that uh, is the ruler of this world, First uh, John tells us. The third one. I have authority and power as a believer. Everybody say that. There you go. That's true. All right. Mark 16, we're familiar with this, 14 through 18. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those that had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into I, I like how he, he just rebuked them for, for, for not having a belief or not believing that he had risen from the dead, even though he proclaimed that over and over and over. Uh, he rebuked them, but then he tells them to go right out. He qualifies them right away. He goes out and he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will condemn. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. And they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's an authority that we have for every believer. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23, that the, Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may, I pray that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? There's that power thing. According to the working of his mighty power. Not our power. His mighty power. Remember when Paul said, when I am weak, when I'm weak, I'm strong? That's exactly what he's talking about here. The power that we get is not of our own making, but it's his mighty power. Which he worked in Christ. That's the avenue. That's the, that's the, uh, vessel. If you want to put it that way. Christ, whom he raised from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. When you're seated at the right hand, you're in the highest form of approval. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and he gave to him to be head over over all things to the church, for the church. 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Powerful head, powerful body. We are powerful. We are the most powerful entity on this earth. We are not little downtrodden, uh, little can't make it. That's not what our Lord designed us for. That's not the uh, unbreakable life that he wants us to have. Powerful head, powerful body. The fourth one is, God loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. Amen. Or you can get mileage out of this one. I mean, you can use that all the time. Somebody says something about you or to you that is critical or hurtful or anything like that. And some circumstances don't turn out. You can say, God loves me. You can get all out of mileage out there. You can, you, you can, you, I, I, that wasn't very long ago. I, I, I did this for about three days straight. This person thought I was a, not a good person. And I didn't do anything. At least I, I didn't think I did anything, but I had to go to this. I had to say, Lord, this is some scathing stuff. God loves me. God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I'm not backing down. I would rather be loved by the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, and be scorned by all people. I would rather have the love of God in me. Our Lord went through that when he was crucified on the cross. He trusted. He had such a relationship with his heavenly father. And when he went to the cross, took our sin, what did he say? God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? That was his that was his life. That was his stronghold. That was his concrete. That was his base. That was his that was his establishment. And the agony he was going through for our on our behalf, he cried out, Why have you forsaken me? Because that was such an instrument of strength for him, is that his heavenly father loved him. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, we see the love of God becoming active. It says, and, and you, and you, he made alive, you are dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you were once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all want, and all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, because of his great love, great love, and what he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass and sin, solid, dead, corruptible sinners, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace you've been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is the mindset of God. Somehow we're already sitting there. This is how he thinks. He just establishes things way ahead of time. So right now, we're seated in heavenly places. That's something we need to visualize. It's something we need to meditate to get that revelation. 
Not, not your everyday uh, conversation when you go shopping or at work or anything. It's just, just an everyday thing. So that, that's why you have to lock that down and get a revelation in your heart. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, in the ages to come, that's going to be eternity. In the ages to come, we're going to see, and I think it's going to be a rolling, rolling uh, benevolence of love. And I, I don't, we, we can't hardly comprehend that. But he wants us to trust him. I've got this for you. I've, I'm going to show you this, he says. For by grace you've been saved through faith. The, the, the grace has been offered and the faith is the catalyst that we need to obtain it. And not of ourselves, because it's simply a gift. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. Romans 5 8 clarifies that. But, uh, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that we were still sinners. Christ died for us. One more scripture on how God loves me and loves us. Romans eight thirty five to 39 who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation... Now, he's listing all these things here, and that, this is what Christians go to. It, 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 we're, we're in... We're open season. It's open season on Christians in the world over. You know that, don't you? It's open season. If you think the Jews are having had a hard time, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be no different. Right now in Africa, it's open season. I mean, they... They shoot them like we would shoot a deer and uh, tape it, videotape it. And it's, a, it's, it's like a conquering thing for some people. The, the, the body of Christ is under severe under attack. We'll see this more in the scripture here. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, which you're going to have, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. It is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered, just an animal to be slaughtered. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, because he still loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we say it any clearer than that? We are asked to believe this. We are asked to download this. We are asked to meditate on this. We are asked, asked to uh, imagine this, image this. So it's a lockdown, sure thing in our life. It's like we talked about the broken branches earlier under the ice. Sure, there's things going to break us down. They're going to be over, overpowering for us. But we're more than conquerors. The last one I have is... I have eternal life. Say that. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. And this is one we concluded with this morning on our, our, our last uh, adult Bible study on this. Um, this doesn't mean living forever. This means life. It means a God kind of life. And it never ends. It's never going to end. We in our in our uh, our limited life here, you know, we we live so long and we perish and on we go and 
everyone passes away. We, we program things that way. We plan for our retirement and so on and so forth. And we just, we just know it's not going to last. You know, when I, when I had my body shop, a, a, an older gentleman to come and say, well, this is probably the last car I'm going to buy. You know, I'd hear that every once in a while because, yeah, it probably is because you're not going to live forever. Maybe you'll live to be 70. Maybe you'll live to be 90, you know. Uh, it, it, we limit everything. But eternal life is not like that. Eternal life goes on on forever. John 5.24 says, Most assuredly I say to you, that he who hears my word and believes in me, uh, who sent me, uh, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment as passed from death into life. We are going to escape judgment. You know that, don't you? The body of Christ, Christ has been judged for us on the cross. We'll be evaluated. I'm sure there will be things. They talk about the beam of seat of Christ. And that was where they would set a, 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 set a higher authority. And they would evaluate what you did. Now, that, that is probably the best way to describe it is rewards or accomplishments uh, that are acknowledged um, uh, after you after you come in the presence of Christ. Galatians 6, 8 says... For he who sows to his flesh will of flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to a spirit uh, will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Darren had a good comment this morning on, uh, we asked, what does it mean to sow to the flesh or sow to the spirit? And uh, we know that it starts with a seed. The description here is of a seed. What do you do with that seed? You have to put it someplace. So you put it in the ground, uh, agriculture terms here, you put it in the ground, and what do you have to do after that? Let's say the seed is the word of God, and the ground is you, your heart. What do you have to do with that? How do you have to sow? What's a proper way for a farmer to sow something? He has to water it. He has to nourish it. He has to take the weeds off from, from around it and make sure it's, it uh, uh, is uh, nourished in every sense, maybe fertilized or whatever. But it's nourished. But if you nourish things of the flesh, that will yield destruction. But if we nourish things in the spirit, it reaps eternal life. What are we dwelling on? What are we dwelling on? I'm going to finish with uh, the last one here in Titus 3, 1 through 8. Talking about our uh, description of eternal life or experiencing eternal life. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to be speaking evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, here it is. He didn't have to do that. He could have recreated a whole new species again. That would Just like when he started out with Adam. Adam was pure. He was a holy man. But they sinned. Mankind fell. Death to all men came through Adam. But when the kindness of God's love for us appeared, he just did it on his own. 
I'm going to do this. And he did it through Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness, which we had done. Thank God for that. You know, we couldn't be squeaky clean enough. Our righteousness, we know, is as filthy rags. So we, we can't, we just can't polish ourselves up enough. We can't polish the flesh to be acceptable. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They say, well, you know, I think I'm going to go to, let's say you've been in, you know, living a ungodly life. And you say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit smoking dope, too. And I'm going to quit drinking. And I'm going to quit cussing. I'm going to watch, I'm not going to, I'm going to quit watching bad movies. And I'm going to just be nice to people. You know, that won't work. It may look good. You might think it's good. That's your filthy rags. Because his righteousness is so much higher. But he brings us up to that. He wants us up there. He, you can't make it. I can't make it. We can't make it up there. But he brings us up there through Jesus Christ. So it's by his mercy. According to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which we spoke earlier lives in us, whom he poured out on us abundantly, unreserved, no holes barred. I'm giving the Holy Spirit out. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. There we are again. We're living that eternal life right now. Right now. And we're heirs of that. This is a revelation we need to have. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have been believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to all men. When he asks us to maintain good works, that isn't for our salvation. That is a fruit of our salvation. When we become saved, then we do good works. We don't do good works to get saved. So these are the five Solid revelations for every believer. All of them are worth our time. All of them are worth our study. All of them are worth our focus. Start of a new year. Um, we can refocus, can't we? We can refocus. And all five of these are, are exhilarating to the human heart. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you. You couldn't give us, you couldn't give us more, Lord. You've given us everything. You've unloaded heaven for us. So, Lord, we just exalt you like the song we sang. We exalt you, Lord. We lift you up. We just say thank you, Lord. Thank you. And may we, uh, this new year, may we see the value of all of these revelations, solid revelations that you allow us to walk in, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Happy New Year.